G'day and welcome to Partakers and to our series, Easter Weekend 2014. So far in the Easter story, we have seen that Jesus has been crucified and he is dead. Jesus is buried within a sealed and guarded unused tomb. Or is he? Let's look at what the historical gospel accounts say. Remember, this is historical record. Let's look firstly at the sequence of events over the period of time after Jesus' death till he ascends back to the Father. Now remember, the Gospels are documents which have recorded historical events. All four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, tell us that Jesus was crucified, died and was buried within a tomb. A tomb which, remember, was sealed and guarded. So what do these four Gospels say happen next? The two Marys watch the burial. Roman soldiers go and guard the tomb and place an official Roman seal upon it. The breaking of that seal would mean death for the people breaking it. Then some women prepare some burial spices, then rest. An angel rolls the stone away. The women arrive at dawn with spices to find an empty tomb. Angels appear to women. Women then run back to tell the disciples that the tomb is empty. Peter and John run ahead and investigate this empty tomb before returning home. Mary Magdalene weeps by the tomb and there she sees two angels. So the tomb is empty, but where is Jesus? Well, Jesus makes some appearances. Firstly, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, then he appears to other women. Then the women report back to the disciples that they have seen this Jesus. Then on the road to Emmaus, Jesus appears to two people there before vanishing. Then Jesus appears to Simon Peter. These two people on the Emmaus road then report back to the disciples in Jerusalem. Then Jesus appears to his disciples, but Thomas isn't there. And then the disciples report this to Thomas, who doubts it all, before Jesus appears to the disciples as well as Thomas. Jesus then appears to seven people. We don't know their names. Then Jesus questions the Apostle Peter three times. Then Jesus appears to more than 500 people at a time before finally Jesus appears to James and Jesus is ascended back to the Father. Wow! So, okay, Jesus is resurrected. What evidence do we have for Jesus' resurrection? As you read the Gospel accounts and the letters of the New Testament, particularly the book of Acts, you will notice the changed attitude of the disciples after seeing the risen Jesus. These people were defeated, cowardly people. All of a sudden, they're victorious and brave. What was the catalyst? 
seeing the risen Jesus. And nobody who could have produced the dead body of Jesus did so. Their silence is as significant as the preaching of the apostles. Or we can look at the multiple appearance of Jesus to various numbers of individuals and groups of people at various times of the day in differing circumstances. One person may have an hallucination, but not more than one person having the same hallucination. Wow! This shows that Jesus' resurrection was physical in nature. Some people purport that Jesus' resurrection was spiritual in nature and not physical. But the amount of people that saw him physically afterwards dispels that particular myth. Jesus' body was touched by Thomas. Jesus touched people physically. And what about the current tangible evidence? The survival and inordinate growth and impact of the early church and that the church is still growing 2,000 years later. If there was no bodily resurrection of Jesus, would people really have risked persecution and death for knowing a lie? And knowing that the lie is a lie. One or two people maybe, but not hundreds, not thousands. Wow! Jesus rose from the dead physically into a new body. Wow! And of course we still have the doubters, so how do we deal with them? So, let's say Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Surely the authorities, both Jewish authorities and Roman authorities, would have produced his dead body in order to quench this new movement. But they didn't. And the reason they didn't is because they couldn't. There was no body to produce. Would the disciples have really risked death for telling and maintaining a lie, something they knew was a lie, about the risen Jesus? Of course not. Besides, lying would, against, would have gone against all that Jesus had taught them. These men, these disciples, were beaten confused, defeated, and dispersed. That is, until they saw Jesus truly did rise from the dead, just as he said that he would do. After seeing him, after touching him, after eating with him, these disciples were transformed and victorious people. They had gone wow. And I've had people say to me, even recently, that somebody, even the disciples, had stolen the body. Well, that's hardly likely, is it? If the body had been stolen, for what reason or purpose? How would they have got past the Roman guard and moved the stone a great distance from the tomb? This was the very reason the Jewish authorities tried to perpetuate by way of a bribe in Matthew 28, verses 11 to 15. Ridiculous, isn't it? And then we have the swoon theory. This theory says that Jesus didn't really die, but he merely fainted and recovered consciousness in the tomb. And even the sceptics disagree with this theory. Or perhaps they all went to the wrong tomb. That's it. They went to the wrong tomb. And while one person may have gone to the wrong tomb, not everybody would have done. 
Besides, the gospel accounts tell us the people were waiting outside the tomb while Jesus was being buried. And of course, surely Joseph and Nicodemus would have known which tomb Jesus was buried in, seeing as they did the burying, and Joseph owned it. And lastly, well, Jesus didn't die on the cross, but somebody was substituted for him. This is certainly untenable, given the rigidity and strict record-keeping of Roman rule, and with the eyes of the Jewish hierarchy watching. This conjecture is a lie of Satan, because Satan knows the significance of Jesus having risen physically from the dead. So, what is the significance of Jesus' resurrection? Let's look briefly at that now. Paul writing in 1 Corinthians 15 Now I declare to you, brothers, the good news which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you also stand, by which you are also are saved, if you hold firmly the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to over five hundred brothers at once, most of whom remain until now, but some have also fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to the child born at the wrong time, he appeared to me also. That was the Apostle Paul writing to the Corinthian church about the Jesus he knew, the Jesus who had been raised from the dead physically. And this resurrection of Jesus Christ provided the central theme for the sermons and teaching in the early church. But again, what significance is there in Jesus' resurrection? The resurrection of Jesus Christ proved and vindicated all of Jesus' teaching and claims to be the suffering servant. It attested to his being fully God and the last judge of all mankind. The resurrection of Jesus Christ declared God's approval of Jesus' obedient service and the fulfillment of all the Old Testament promises, resulting in forgiveness of sins and salvation being only found in and through him. This was the prime motive for evangelism in the early church. Jesus' resurrection is a sign of the bodily resurrection for all believers in him. It gave a new attitude to death and transforming hopes. As the resurrected king, Jesus now intercedes for his church and he has perfected the redemption of all those who choose to follow him. And finally, as we saw with the cross, the resurrection of Jesus' physical body is a sure victory over Satan, sin and death. All three are conquered and squashed. Satan is a defeated creature and he will do anything to drag people into defeat with him. The power of sin is conquered and sin's grip is overcome if you are a believer in Jesus Christ. Finally, death has been beaten because those who believe and trust in Jesus Christ will live forever with him, with new bodies. Death is not the end, but a beginning. And if Jesus Christ did not physically rise from the dead, then as Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 15 to say, 
Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, neither has Christ been raised. If Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith also is in vain. Yes, we have found false witnesses of God, because we testified about God that he raised up Christ, whom he didn't raise up, if it is so that the dead are not raised. For if the dead aren't raised, neither has Christ been raised. If Christ has not been raised, your faith is in vain. You are still in your sins. Then they also who are fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have only hoped in Christ in this life, we are of all people most pitiable. Or let me put it in my own words. If Jesus Christ did not physically rise from the dead, we as Christians are the product of the greatest delusional lie of all time, and we are the most foolish of all. But Jesus did rise from the dead. And that is good news. It's good news that Jesus is alive. The four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, as well as the book of Acts, tell us a little more of what Jesus did before he ascended back to the Father into the heavens. What is our reaction to the events of Easter to be? Come back tomorrow to find out more on Easter Monday. Thanks for listening. Come back to Partakers, www.partakers.co.uk, where every day there is something added to help you in your Christian discipleship. Bye for now.